Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, July 11th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Jackal AMA and Beta Chat. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Did you guys really call it a Beta Chat? <sighs> Just gonna go. If anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand and come up on stage, and we can get this AMA on its way. Um, just some updates from our end. Uh, so we launched the beta. We pushed uh, one of the beta versions to a public beta. So if anyone wants to nerd out and store your memes, feel free to go and try that out. Um, other than that, we're going to be adding new features to the beta in the coming days, and it's going to stay open until we launch the main chain, which is hopefully in early August. And uh, that's also uh, for all, everyone asking when airdrop, that would be the when. Is as soon as we launch a chain, it's actually built directly into the chain, the airdrop process as well. So um, other than that, if you have any questions, feel free to come up. Other than that, Aaron, any new updates that you're excited to push to the beta going forward? Yeah, well, we have a number of things that we're working on that are in the, uh, the testing phase of the beta right now, which is why nobody can see them. Um, but we've got a much smoother transaction process. A number of people have commented on uh, frustration of having to do one transaction and then a second transaction just to do one action um so that's been streamlined so it's only one action now and one transaction to match um a couple other things we're working on just small quality of life changes and uh yeah, you know a, a really big one that we really didn't think too much as as designers but once we started getting feedback was really important is we've actually added a little a uh, loading bar that goes across the top of the screen that just kind of lets you know that the software is in fact working and that you haven't frozen or or crashed or anything like that. So that's that's been a really popular quality of life improvement with the the testers. Um, so just just things like that, making a better user experience is really what you're going to be seeing in the next round. Um, like I said, it's going through testing right now. Hopefully, we'll have the next uh, release to the to the open beta uh, probably next week, end of next week, I would suspect. Right on. Um, other than that, if anyone has any questions, feel free to come up on stage and ask away. It's pretty much a an open conversation right now. But other than that, um, B, what are your thoughts on reducing gas? Because the big the big thing that we need to worry about for scaling is trying to get those gas transactions down as possible. And I know you've done a really really good job recently. If you want to share kind of improvements, I think you got it down like thirty percent or even more. Want to chat about that? Yeah, guys. So, um, Aaron, did, did we announce that there would be notifications uh, features <laughs> for the contract yet? Uh, it was talked about a really long time ago. I don't think we ever officially announced it. Should we announce it now? 
<laughs> so you already have. <laughs> <Might as well. laughs> yeah. yeah, guys. So um, we, we built out a notification feature. So uh, if you were to share a file with somebody or give somebody ownership of a file, they basically get like a, like a really quick message that they have access to that file. And initially, we were going to have that be a separate transaction, but uh, we actually got it so that it's built into every other function. So the gas there is quite low. But as far as like going forward, gas fees, we are working. I mean, there's still a long way to go. Uh, the code itself still needs to be cleaned up more and there's more to do. But um, we're also trying to figure out a way to perfectly estimate or as close as we can estimate how much gas is required so that you don't have to pay anything excess than what's actually needed. So, um, I mean, as, as far as an update, everything's going good and there's, there's much more work to do. That's all I'm going to say. Sounds good. Uh, Mr. Network, if you want to ask any questions, feel free. Now's your time, dude. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Can you hear me, sir? Sorry, I wasn't able to catch that. Can you hear me now, sir? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, thanks for the opportunity. Sorry for the background noise. Um, I would want to ask if you can if you can summarize the the use of Jackal platform, the beta test. Because when I tested the platform, I was only able to upload files in JPEG and other formats. So I would want to know what the platform will be used for. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So like a business to customer product, what you're going to be experiencing, hopefully, uh, we're trying to get the user experience as great as possible. We want the on-ramps as easy as possible to reduce the, I want to say sand we throw in the engine when trying to get someone on board. But essentially what you're going to be able to do from a business to customer perspective, the first thing is you can just use the protocol as a Dropbox, really, where it's a really cheap way to store your files. Uh, it's really high security when it talks to security and privacy posture. Uh, we like to think it's, it's probably the, the best on the market in that sense where only the end users can access their files. And that's the important thing for us, where all of our end users can be self-custodial of their data. And why we think that is important particularly is that when you get ownership over all of your stuff, rather than sharing it with a third party that can mine it for data, uh, you lose a lot of value capture in your own things. And also you lose a lot of your cybersecurity posture, also your digital privacy posture is what we're focusing on. So what you can do with it, you can use it as a Dropbox, but as we continue to build out the chain, we're looking to add more features as well. Um, the other things is where I, Marston talked about it a little bit, we're building a swap directly into the chain so we don't have to use oracles. So we reduce that as a security vulnerability as well. Um, all kinds of different things that we're planning on rolling out into the protocol as a whole. But in the early days right now, as it's on testnet, um, it's a great place to store your memes <laughs> as, as of right now, uh, because you, you got to be careful because every time we ship a new beta upgrade, you're going to lose all your files. So that's, that's the big thing that we want to make sure that no one stores anything permanently in its current state. As soon as we push to mainnet, um, your stuff is your stuff and it's there for you uh, as you move forward. Okay, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for asking the question. Um, okay. Other than that, Aaron, what's, uh, I'm going to put you on, on, on the spot. Uh, what's the biggest thing that you're excited for moving forward as, as we kind of get to a, a point? And I'll let B talk as well on um, different features that are built directly in the chain, such as the notification feature. Anything else that you guys are excited for, particularly right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, honestly, for the. Uh, for the ability for the Jackal storage 
uh, system to be able to interface with the Shepherd gateway and, and allow people to, you know, privately host their files and then choose specific files to make public to the world uh, just with a link, you know, instead of, you know, uh, like Google, for example, has this really, this really bad habit um, where if you share your images with someone, uh, even in a private space, then they can take that link and they can make it anywhere they want and you have no control. So if you don't want your pictures out there and somebody takes them, they're, they're gone. Uh, you can't have any uh, any way to revoke those permissions, whereas the gateway is going to be tied directly into the permission system, and you can just tell your files that they're no longer granting access to the Shepherd gateway, and th then they're not online anymore. No, that's, that's super cool. And kind of building on Shepherd there, um, something that I'm really excited for is the ability to just host websites. So the ability to just host static websites is super interesting. And we've had a few talks with the cache as well, which is another really, really great protocol. Um, they don't really do exactly what we do, and we don't really do exactly what they do. But us together, you can have a dynamic website, so you can have all kinds of other cool features there with their cloud computer. Um, if you want to kind of add on that a little bit, because um, if anyone wants to kind of understand what Shepherd is in general, it's, it's essentially just a web gateway for your Jackal wallet. So um, that manages all your files so you can control the permissions in the sense that if you want to share a link or even host a, a static website, you can generate a link and then you can get the gateway to point to the file essentially. And if Aaron, you want to kind of talk to about like the, the particulars on that, I think that would be really helpful right now. Yeah, sure. So um, the Shepherd gateway, like uh, Patrick was saying, is going to allow you to host static files. Uh, and, and what we mean by a, a static website versus a dynamic website, because the lines blur pretty significantly in the in the modern web space. But, uh, for example, something like Facebook, right, where you can create a post and save it and you can see it and everyone can see it and your friends, you know, all that good stuff. Something along those lines, that's a dynamic website where content is being added and and maintained on the fly. Uh, so someone would need to go into like a, a database or something along those lines to be able to modify that particular information. And Jackal storage just doesn't support having a database running on it. But in the case of maybe uh, like uh, just a news website where you are just reading content, you can't like modify that content. It's just there. Uh, that would be more of a static website, and Jekyll Storage would be perfect for something along those lines. So it's it's really just a, a question of defining kind of the differences between what is static and, and what is, is dynamic. And like I said, the modern web really blurs that line pretty significantly. Um, so if you're into web technology, I'm, I'm sure this is all redundant for you, but for, for many people uh, who, who haven't experienced it before, then that's kind of what the breakdown boils down to, is, is whether or not you can... Uh, modify website content through the website immediately. Um, no, that's that's perfect. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to hop on up and ask them. That would be a great time for that. Um, other than that, B, what are your thoughts right now, man? Um, I know you're working on all kinds of little side projects, including reducing, making things more efficient, reducing gas. Um, anything else in your wheelhouse that, that you want to share with the world, particularly right now? Yeah. I I mean, there there is uh, something that comes to mind that I'd like to share. So 
as far as the notifications is concerned, um, building that in, that, that was sort of my main thing since I, I joined the company. But um, like if we didn't have it you, and you uh, gave someone read access or the ability to, to view your file, you probably had to like send them a, an email or a text message or something. So just having those messages built into the contract is really, really great. But um, <clears throat> the thing is the messaging contract is the messaging feature is integrated into the storage contract but it was originally built as a standalone contract. Um, and right now it's, you know, it's currently in the, the beta phase and there's much more to improve on it. But since we do have a messaging contract that sort of unlocks quite a lot of possibilities, <laughs> as you can imagine, you know, being able to send uh, secret encrypted messages to, to anyone and uh, the lower the gas, as, as a gas fee for that gets lower, it's just, it just unlocks possibly like another product that we, we might be able to launch down the line but you know i don't really want to talk too much about it because we're so focused on storage right now yeah <laughs> but, no, it, it's, it's really cool and, and that's the that's the benefit and that was the big the big jump that we had to make from moving from an l2 to an l1 but still leveraging the secret network for the policy and everything um the cool thing about that is we can jam new chain modules into directly into the blockchain that makes things really really smooth and really, really efficient as well. And that's kind of the biggest reason is because we, we demand so much from our blockchain and we need to like kind of tailor it to the product itself. Um, us being, I guess, product maxis in that sense. But, um, right now, the, the way that, that the storage works is kind of like this hybrid web 2.5, uh, not web 2.5, kind of L1.5, where you still need to have your secret and you have to give value cap for the secret network in the sense that you have Pretty much um, every transaction that you have to pay for, you pay for in secret. And uh, when we start to talk about different chain modules and things we jam in the chain, those are contracts you'd have to pay with. Jackal, depending on whether or not we have it public or private, because everything's built into our chain particularly. It's all things that are meant to be public, such as um, the name service is probably going to move into a chain module pretty soon as well, um, just for efficiency's sake and making sure that we have a really, really streamlined product particularly. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to come on up. Um, I know Emery's listening right now. I also know Nugget's listening, Marston's listening. So if you guys want to come up and chat, feel free. If anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand as well, and we'd love to bring you up. I just want to say that. Uh... Can you can you hear me still? <laughs> yep. Yeah, Patrick, are we still going to uh, Blockchain Futures Conference, right? Yeah. So if anyone's Canadian here, uh, we have <laughs> a few Canadians on the team. So uh, we're going to be going to the Blockchain Futures Conference, and that's going to be in August. I believe it's August. Give me one second. I'm just testing my brain right now. August. The crypto week there is August 8th to 14th. But we're going to be there uh, from the 9th to the 11th. So that's pretty much one month from today. And if anyone's up there, we have promo codes for that as well. If you want a little bit of a discount, we are sponsoring the event and we'd love anyone to come on down. If interested there. Um, other than that, yeah. if anyone has any questions, I know there's some, there's some pretty big hitters in the crowd here. We have XJR. And Patrick, I know both of you guys are big secret maxis as well. If you guys want to come up and share anything, feel free. In the meantime, I want to get Marston up here, but I don't know. He might be working right now, head down grinding. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's grinding pretty hard right now. <laughs> yeah, well, we've uh, 
we keep on every time we get really close to kind of finalizing we another idea comes to mind which is a pretty big pivot and we're kind of in one of those periods again where we're trying to make the best product possible and uh we need to set ourselves up in the early days for the chain to make sure that we can do that so he's uh he's head down right now particularly i know that for a fact <laughs> we have patrick up here uh let me know if you have any questions feel free to ask question yeah what's up ask away could you see Jackal as an alternative to something like IPFS and are we for storing NFT data on Stash or any other NFT marketplace that might come along on Secret eventually? Yeah, so imagine since this is the cool thing about IBC as well, right? So imagine using IPFS or ARWeave, but on crack in the sense that you can call the contract directly. And that means that you can actually, that JPEG that you're buying right now on secret, um, you have like the private metadata and you get to see like really cool things depending on, um, depending on after you purchase it. And then you get access to like the private image or you get access to the private metadata. The cool thing is on, on Jackal, you can actually change custody from Stash directly to the end user of that physical file, which is interesting. It's something that we haven't really seen before in the NFT space, um, but a place to store NFT metadata and the JPEGs themselves, um, it would be a really, really great product for that. I can also kind of break down what ARWeave is and what um, IPFS is. So IPFS is actually like a discovery layer. So they don't actually store your data. So when you're using IPFS, usually the NFT marketplace has a centralized server that they pin the files to. So it doesn't necessarily mean that your files are stored in a decentralized manner. It's, it's stored on a server that's owned by the NFT marketplace usually. Um, Airweave, on the other hand, they're a great product, but when you have something where you want the data to be stored forever in perpetuity, and I'll kind of make the argument that it's stored for as long as the drives last on, on, the, on the servers themselves, so that we're looking at like five to 10 years at max of, of perpetuity, quote unquote, storage. They're a really great product, but the thing about them is it's not really scalable and it's really expensive per transaction. So imagine a situation, it's, if you roll them all together, that's really great, but you really don't have the privacy aspect and you can't really change custody. So the cool thing about this is if you buy an NFT, um, you can actually physically buy the JPEG on the back end of their system and it can transfer you to your Jackal wallet address. And when you sell the NFT, it can actually be transferred again to a... Um, it can be transferred again to a new user that is now in charge and owns that file. And this is great for JPEGs, but when you start to kind of blue sky here a little bit and see where NFT marketplaces are going, um, you can use an NFT marketplace as a paywall to access terabytes of data. So if you want to talk about movies, for example, where you want to actually have ownership of the movie, or you want ownership of a really, really big data set for a specific use case, um, it opens up a lot of possibilities because right now blockchain technology is really limited to the amount of metadata you can get on the blockchain itself. Um, once you kind of open it up where you have this peer-to-peer -peer network that is, is managed by on-chain data storage where you have full privacy of all your files, um, it opens up the possibilities to move a significant amount of terabytes on-chain so that you're kind of moving your NFT marketplace away from 
a receipt in the metadata to actually physically getting the file. If that makes any sense, I might be rambling at this point though. No, yeah, that makes total sense. That's awesome. I'm excited to see that go live. Yeah, that's a big thing for us, right? Is is we want to kind of decentralize that storage layer and decentralize the middleware in blockchain. And that's kind of our ethos of what we're trying to build here. But um, what we're trying to do in the earliest marketplace that we can try to capture is try to get as many IBC specific um, products or protocols to kind of decentralize the middleware so we all stay alive when Amazon goes down, for example, and start to kind of tiptoe down that direction where we think everything is going in the in the long run. Um, B, Aaron, if you want to add anything on that, uh, feel free to fire away. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, as as Patrick was saying, then it really allows you. I guess we have two Patricks, but uh, as as Patrick was saying, though, um, we can transfer the actual ownership so instead of like having to move you know the example he gave terabytes of data we just move the ownership information and that file isn't duplicated it's not shared it's not reassigned from one location to another it's just its entire ownership has changed over kind of like when you buy a house you know your, your house doesn't move you don't make a copy of the house but now you're the owner of that house as opposed to you know the previous owner um, so that's that's where we really see the NFT storage going in the short term. Long term, we've we've kicked around an idea and we haven't really settled 100% on if we want to do it or not. But um, one of the ideas that we've been kicking around is actually forking the SNP721 protocol and making what we've jokingly called a JSNP721, which is basically identical and backwards compatible with a traditional SNP721. But the important part is that it has the integration baked into it so that there's no need for a middle layer. So uh, what, what that kind of means functionally is that the middleware that Patrick was talking about is a need for traditional NFT would have to have some sort of method to decrypt the file because base, baked into the um, baked into the NFT, there's not really a, a way to manage decryption of, of data so we would need to have something where it's got all of that actually baked into it of it of it recognizes the wallet address it recognizes how to find the file or multiple files it recognizes how to pass in the appropriate keys to decrypt the files all those different pieces would be would be baked into this jsnp um, but like i said we haven't really decided if that's a a direction we want to go because that is a, a pretty significant amount of work that's like tangentially related but it's not our core focus right now um but that is something we've been kicking around as an idea all right all right on. um emery what's going on dude tell me about uh the state of the market and, and where you think we're going right now <laughs> yeah, absolutely firstly can you guys hear me all yeah we can hear you great um so i think one of the best times uh, to launch a token, especially something as use case as we are, is uh, kind of right now-ish. Um, I think the I think the market needs um, something that people can actually utilize rather than something speculative. Uh, the speculative tokens are extraordinarily hard to understand and predict, especially in these bear markets where everything is just just kind of 
spiraling down and we're especially in the u.s um unfortunately uh the U.S. has kind of sets the tone for the global economy. Um, we're expecting, you know, higher interest rates uh, rather soon, which we can expect another downturn in uh, the the crypto world. So um, we can only, I, I think, a lot of us are expecting some kind of uh, downturn here really, really soon within the next um, couple of weeks. So. I think launching Jackal, especially with something that we have that is use case um, and easy to use, is actually amazing, not only for the crypto economy, but for Cosmos in general. Uh, we are fairly deep rooted in the in the Cosmos uh, ecosystem and economy. So I think I think it'll be a breath of fresh air for the people who are looking for solid projects in such a bear market. Saying you're saying in bear markets, you buy picks and shovels. Sorry. Luckily, that that would be us. That would be us. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just it's just a, a, a line of light uh, that's going to be coming through, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited to be launching. Actually, right now, I did have some hesitancy, like a couple, like maybe like a month or so, launching in such a <laughs> in such a downturn. But uh, my opinions definitely changed on that. I think I think uh, crypto needs these use case tokens, and I think uh, Cosmos needs them uh, just as much. Yeah, man. It's, it's it's an exciting exciting place right now, and, and it's a great, great, great time to build. Um, everyone, if you notice, the really cool thing that I've noticed particularly is all the different protocols that are coming to the IBC in general, which is interesting in itself. Where it seems like the last bear market, you notice Crypto.com they launched their cho- token using Cosmos SDK and, and Tenorment, uh, Polygon, same thing. And you start to notice like a big shift. DYDX is, is a huge acquisition for Cosmos in general, um, just moving to the better tech. And we're really happy to, we truly believe that we're building on the best tech right now and uh, really excited to move forward with that and kind of push the envelope of what is possible leveraging blockchain technology for use cases and business use cases particularly is huge for us because we want to get as many terabytes onto the protocol as possible. Um, if anyone has any other questions, feel free to come on up and, and ask. We got pretty much the whole team up here right now. Uh, the other guys, they're they're in uh, in grind mode right now, so we can tr- hopefully get this blockchain up and running as soon as possible. Um, but if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Other than that, um, what's a, another really really cool thing that's happening right now in the space? Um, Patrick, what are you excited for next new things coming to secret network in general? Cause there's all kinds of different secrets rolling around of, of who's coming, all kinds of different stuff. I know you guys just launched that era fund, which is super exciting to kind of lend a hand to builders coming along. Yeah. Um, I'll say something is coming Thursday. Uh, keep your eye out on the secret network, Twitter and other social media channels. We'll have a pretty big announcement on Thursday, but. I can't say anything more than that on it right now. No alpha? Come on, bro. Well, that's the alpha. <laughs> Something is coming. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, what's up, Jordan? How are you doing? Did I just dox you? Uh-oh. <laughs> it's all good. Fucking... It's just my name, whatever. How's it going? What's going on? Uh, do you have any questions to ask? Feel free to shoot away. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, I work with the compliance side of things with Secret Network. And I have a few businesses who deal with uh, startups and entities and funding them, founding them, excuse me, et cetera, et cetera. 
So my next kind of initiative is KYC tooling for up and coming chains, as well as just like, um, yeah, KYC tooling. Not even uh, there's no alpha to give. It's just more kind of the uh, the route I'm going down. Uh, right now, I've talked to a few institutional, I don't know, we'll say players <clears throat> here in the Chicago land area, and they have two concerns. They want to keep their data private and separate from all the other pool of data, meaning uh, like permissionless chains. They care more about permission chains, and they want to keep their funds separate from. Uh, they keep their pool of funds separate from other <clears throat> permissionless chain pools. Is this something that Jacko could help with? Yeah. So um, let's first start off about about permissionless chains and permissionless chains. Um, when you look at Jocko as a whole, it is a permissionless chain and it always will be permissionless. But when you start to talk about having subnets and KYC subnets and uh, pen tested um, service providers, kind of like a partner program, possibly, you start to tiptoe in, in the direction of trying to get pretty much everything compliant with pen testing and stuff, for example, HIPAA compliance. But uh, so that's something that we definitely have our eyes on right now is trying to figure out the best way to onboard as many people as possible. But the other thing that we've noticed when we're trying to do that bridge back, like that Web 2.5 bridge that everyone always talks about, um, a managed service is, is something that a lot of people are going to ask for because we're probably about 10 years away from the general public being comfortable storing their own private keys, right? Everyone still is really used to that forgot your password button. So we're looking at trying to get together with people that are looking to white label the product and provide that managed service for these end users so that they can still leverage the higher privacy and security posture. And um, along with, with speed and, and ownership are the other two things that are really important. And um, the, the interesting thing there is if you're an entrepreneur in your local area and you want to front load compliance for leveraging this infrastructure, because that's what we are at the end of the day, we're an infrastructure for people to build businesses on. If you want to front load compliance, you want to online your own payrolls, manage the private keys on behalf of their clients, and they get the benefit of leveraging this awesome technology, number one. Number two, really having a high security posture with no attack vectors, being those traditional usernames, passwords, emails, phone numbers, um, all those great things that <laughs> usually end up with a, um, a cybersecurity breach at the end of them because it's, it's a really terrible way to kind of manage access controls into things. Um, so what we're looking for is, is to have those people kind of handhold individuals to get into the ecosystem. And that's kind of the next step for blockchain in itself is we can't really expect everyone to get through every barrier of getting directly to Jackal. So we kind of need to take a shortcut through third parties that are going to kind of manage that compliance side of things for us and build those subnets and things along those lines. Because for me to walk up to, let's say a law firm, for example, and say, okay, um, we have a really the highest security posture possible. Um, you'll have true solicitor client privilege because only you and your client can access these files. And this is something that's not really seen before because when you try to leverage um, solicitor Converge to something like Google or Amazon, a third party always has access to that information, which is kind of sketchy, right? But um, in, in the event that I want to get them onto Jackal, I say, okay, number one, now you have to go to a centralized exchange. You have to get your fiat into 
um, Adam probably, and then get Adam over to Osmosis, and then Osmosis, you have to swap it for Secret to pay gas there. And you also have to swap it for Jackal for payment, or if you want to use a stablecoin, you can do that as well. Then you have to get over to the Jackal chain, and then you have to pay for you to start using this product. And then um, at that point, if you get all the way there, we're really glad to have you, and that's awesome. For, for me to try to convince my grandfather to do that, it's not going to happen. And, and we really need to kind of get these entrepreneurs to build businesses on kind of getting that bridge over and leveraging that margin possibility that they have. So when it comes to kind of trying to get those people online and you want to talk about compliance, that's kind of the big next step for it. Whether Jackal Labs does that as a managed service or is a permissionless chain so anyone can really start a business and start doing something like that of getting people onto the protocol. So. I, I might be rambling at this point, but does that answer the question at all? No, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Uh, and we can always touch base later, but uh, that's a, you answered a few different questions. And I, and I do appreciate that because that is the hardest part. It's individuals raising their hand, willing to handhold people, but then going from Coinbase to this, the bridge to that, you know, it definitely adds numerous uh, layers of friction. So I do appreciate what you're trying to do. And uh, yeah, thank you for answering. Yeah, we, we think that bridge is important where the end user, we want it so so smooth that they don't even realize they're using a blockchain product. And that's kind of like our end goal for trying to get that mass adoption in the space. And we're kind of maxis on, on the product in that sense. We're also maxis on the sense that for us to get mass adoption, we have to go for business use cases. If you go back through the history of time, um, let's look about how people started getting personal computers it all started in the office right you start in the office you have this really great computer and you're like okay this is really cool we have a running excel on this and then it started started to get to a place where those computers started to become a little bit make a lot more sense to also be in the home so our go-to-market is we're primarily a b2b product but if you are an end user in the cosmos ecosystem and you're already here you already understand us and we love for you to use us as a dropbox so we're trying to take a multiple pronged approach into getting people onto the protocol. But a big one is going to be that question of compliance, and that's a big hurdle. I'm also trying to get that user experience easy for those fiat on-ramps. But we, it's really difficult for us to implement something like that, particularly um, directly on our end, because once you start accepting Visa and things like that, now we are in a position where we might actually become a protocol risk to ourselves in the sense that now you have to KYC all the users and then we're not really as secure anymore, are we? So we're trying to really walk this fine line of making sure that we have a bulletproof security and privacy posture, and then also try to figure out the best way to get as many people onto the protocol as possible to leverage this great technology. So that's kind of like the, uh, that's the, the, the question that we, we stay up at night trying to figure out, particularly ourselves as well. Yeah, no, it's definitely tricky <clears throat> because you're trying to do what's best for everyone, but also what's best for yourself. And sometimes, most time, not all money is good money. So I definitely have an appreciation for that. Yeah, 100%. If anyone wants to start onlining those on-ramps, we love for you to start that business, 100 bajillion percent. Um, if anyone else has any other questions, um, Aaron, if you want to speak to anything, B, you have the floor as well if you'd like. Um, Emery, you're up here as well. If anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand and we'd love to kind of bring you on board here. How's the open beta going and how long do you guys see that phase going on for? Yeah, so we're going to leave the beta open as we continue to test new, uh, I want to say, modules in that beta in itself where we want to kind of get the gateways going, sharing going, all those good things. And we're going to kind of slowly roll everything into the beta. 
as uh, as we continue to develop. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if uh, the stars align, we should be ready for a, a launch next month for the entire mainnet. Um, and it all comes with the questions of audits and things like that, as we need to kind of make sure that it's a safe product to use before we ship it. So um, the beta is going to be an open beta for in, until we launch mainnet. And uh, we'll give everyone an update when we push a new version and add a new feature. If you want to go test it out and nerd out on low-level infrastructure as what we're trying to build to kind of decentralize that middleware and storage layer. Uh, we'd love for everyone to test that. And any and all feedback is, is great, as long as it's not mindless feedback, which is a copy-paste from the previous person. Um, we're, we're happy um, to kind of hear all of that kind of stuff as well. And uh, just to kind of piggyback on that too, I do want to throw out there that um, there, there does seem to be some confusion that we've tried to clear up. Um, the beta that is that is the open beta is not incentivized. It's really just an FYI and a chance for everybody to kind of see what we're working on and, and get involved. Um, the actual uh, incentivized testnet was the alpha back in February, March. Um, so there will not be an additional round of incentives for this beta. It's really it's really just informational and and kind of be on the cutting edge. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think some influencer might have said something and we're getting bombarded with with, uh, with mainnet wallet addresses and all kinds of stuff that say, hey, a great project, easy, very fast. Um, so I'll let um, uh, Maizen, how are you doing, dude? Actually, no, we're talking to, I just, my brain absolutely imploded there. Sorry, M, you're up and talking. Sorry, citizen one. <laughs> If anyone actually has tested the beta that that's here, um, you'd absolutely love to hear some feedback um, as well. So if you have interest in giving us feedback here on the Discord, we'd be happy to hear it. And we're also completely open to suggestions. Um, uh, remember, this is a this is the this is a project that's built for for you guys. Um, so we want to make it as easy to use and make sure that whatever uh, errors you see or anything that you might see that's you know, it might be interesting to implement. We, we'd love to hear it. So um, this this project is ultimately for the community, for you guys. So uh, whatever you have that you'd like to see implemented, we obviously can't guarantee everything, but um, there are definitely things that we don't necessarily think about. So uh, please chime away. If you've had access to the beta and, and have tested it out, just let us know how you feel about it. This sounds good. The DeFi Dawn is up and talking. Uh, if you have any questions, yeah, so I actually created a, um, an RNS on Jackal, and I just can't figure out how to send it, uh, coins to it. Or is it connected? Like, I, I'm kind of confused, honestly. Is it connected to my Kepler, or is it? No. So this is the, the thing. So what RNS is going to be, and you're really, really early for the RNS product. So what it's going to be is it's actually going to go directly into the Jackal dashboard. So you can actually have that social ability. And the reason we built it particularly is actually to send files um, initially. But the other cool thing is that auto resolves to about 12 different Cosmos chains as well. The issue that we find ourselves in right now is that um, Kepler won't accept a pull request right now because those guys are they're also building Osmosis and they're they're leveraged to the to the teeth in, in human capital right now. True. Uh, so they're not accepting a pull request, but what you can do right now is you built a really simple UI um, 
for your RNS name. So you can send Juno to different RNSs names within the actual dashboard there. Soon we're going to update uh, the actual dashboard for Jackal. So you can send things, um, tokens to pretty much any RNS address. It's just now it's a front end issue. And then when it comes to trading the RNS names, um, as soon as I think Loop Finance is going to be the first CW721 um, blockchain for the transfer of, of RNS names. So that's um, that, that's going to be a really big thing for us. So hopefully uh, we've been talking with them. We can get onto their blockchain for people to trade them if they wish to trade them as well. Okay. Yeah, because I see on, on here, like, it's it says use and you can only send, you know, you can't even receive it. So like, I don't think I have anything in my wallet, but yeah, yeah, no, you need someone else to send Juno to your RNS name. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so so your your Juno right now your RNS name is just a wrapper for your Juno network wallet address. So if you go to Resolve, you'll actually see all of your wallet addresses. So yeah, I just did that actually. Yeah, so so you, right now you can send and receive Juno. Um, you can send Juno from that dashboard, and if you want to be um, super hacker man you can also do it from the command line interface so it works from the cli but it won't work uh directly from the protocol right now because we haven't up upgraded the actual interface to have that ability to kind of really leverage them to their full potential at this time so it, it's 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 coming soon you just have to be patient with us sorry about that man no yeah, yeah the, the the main no, the, yeah the main focus of uh, of the rns actually for now um and the reason why we built it as early as we did um, is so that you can just tell someone your RNS and then they can just look up your wallet address. So it's it's easier than trying to, you know, like if just you and I are talking, I can tell you, hey, go check out, you know, carnthis.rns and you'll be able to check it out and get my wallet address without me having to like find a way to text you or email you or something that that piece of information. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's that's the main focus for it right now. But as Patrick was saying, there's a lot more to come. Is it? Yeah, that's fine. I'm no rush, but I'm. Um... Is it only Juno that can be sent and received right now? Uh, yeah. Through the interface, yes. But using the uh, the uh, the resolve, then you can see all your wallet addresses, and you can send any of those wallet addresses through Kepler. Okay, I got it. Okay, cool. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for asking that question. I feel like everyone, a lot of other people have questions about RNS, particularly in this state, because it's going to go through an, a, quite the overhaul pretty soon as well. Okay. All kinds of things are happening. Uh, well, I'm excited for that, then. Yeah, sure. Um, if anyone else has any other questions, feel free to come on up. In the meantime, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, yeah, so we already talked about uh, the chain launch. Hopefully in uh, August is, is the target for that. We're going to be at the Toronto conference if anyone wants to come to that. Um, front ends, everything. If anyone wants to kind of go and use the beta right now, it is live. And if you go to the Jackal Twitter account, the one that I'm talking from right now, um, one of the most recent tweets is kind of how to get there. Or you can go to jackaldow.com slash... Um, ooh, open dash beta, I believe it is. No, nope, public, public dash data. Public, public dash beta. If you want to go use that. Um, other than that, we're just excited to be building right now. It's, it's a great, great time to build. And I'm really excited to kind of have all those 
people involved there. We've scaled up the team, so we're really excited to kind of hit the ground running with some new guys that are coming on. We have one guy coming on this month. We have two guys coming on in September, so we're excited for that. Um, as we continue to kind of build through this bear market. Um, if anyone has any other questions, feel free to ping away. Or, yeah, um, actually, I have one more. Yeah, uh, what's up? Uh, this is probably the annoying question. Uh, is there a token or? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a token. So the, the thing about our airdrop, it's actually built directly into the blockchain when it launches. So it's going to be completely done. So when we launch the chain and we click go on Skynet here, um, you will receive your tokens into the wallet. So that's going to be that. Um, if you participated, if you were staking Adam, Juno, or Secret, um, those three chains will be receiving an airdrop. And uh, there's a bunch of, if you want to go to the Jackal Wiki, you can see all the requirements for that. Uh, exchange validators, delegators are not in that. And there's some minimums for all three of those. But yeah, there will be a token. And it's a really cool token. I, I think I'll let Emery kind of break it down a little bit more. But we wanted to make sure when you look at other storage protocols right now, um, the token, they, they were built and there hasn't been a, a storage protocol launched within the last, I want to say two years that has been that, that significant in the sense that a lot of the tokenomics for these protocols are, are notoriously not really great because when you, you use the token and the token's purpose is to incentivize people storing your data for you. And that's all fun and games, but um, you need more utility for the token so the token just doesn't get constantly dumped by the miners. You need a reason for end users to hold that token and see it as a good investment. And what we chose to do is, is we actually chose to jam all of our revenue back to the token holders um, in, in an interesting way. Where we were able to give it, I think, about eight different revenue streams as well because we want to make sure that we can balance the ability for not only miners to have exit liquidity, but also investors to purchase the token and have revenue streams coming in as a good investment. Um, so that it's not just a, a dump fest for eternity until we hit the crown. So I'll let Emery talk about that because he's our resident economist that's working on all that stuff. And I'll let him chat. Yeah, thank you, Patrick. And also a great question. Um, so there are three really main things that this that this token does, the Jackal token. Uh, one of the most important things is that it incentivizes our, our miners uh, because we have a mining network and uh, I, I believe Patrick may have alluded to earlier in the in this AMA that uh, we are kind of a weird hybrid between an L1 and an L2 in the sense that we will have your typical L1 tokenomics uh, on the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, but we also have kind of this subnet of validators called miners, uh, which we use to uh, uh, for for this P2P protocol that that we've been that we've been working on, so it keeps uh, it, it, the miners are the ones that, that store those files, right? So we need somehow to keep people incentivized to store these files, and that's where that jackal token comes in. The miners are paid uh, so that they have an incentive to keep this network up. Uh, another use case for the Jekyll token is uh, obviously governance. Uh, we will have our own governance uh, because we are an L1 on, on Cosmos. Uh, and uh, the third one is that we will have 
the jackal token also be a possible way for payment for the uh, for the storage. So uh, at the moment, we have three main ways uh, to pay for jackal. Um, that is the jackal token itself. Uh, you may also pay with them in the Cosmos ecosystem. You can also pay with USDC uh, bridged by Axlar in the US on the uh, Cosmos ecosystem. So those are the three big things that that Jackal does. And um, like you said, you can read the tokenomics on our on our on our wiki page. But uh, those are the three main functions of Jackal. Um, we are a semi-inflationary token, so uh, there will be no hard cap. And the reason for this is because we need to keep incentivizing these miners to uphold the network, right? And we can't do that with a, with a fixed amount of capital. So um, we are semi-inflationary. Uh, we will have uh, starting out uh, 100 million Jackal tokens in circulation. And the, the target is, is the inflation actually decreases every single year. So it, it's actually very similar to the, I, I don't want to say too similar, but it, it's kind of like Juno in the sense that inflation decreases every single year. Um, not that. Uh, It'll come to an asymptotic end in about uh, about six. Years. Yeah, well, it'll start. It'll start that decline, heavy, steep decline, in six years, and then it'll come to more or less an end, quote unquote, in about ten. Yeah, so it, it's, it's going to be really difficult for our <clears throat> cap of tokens to to increase above four hundred thousand, I believe. That's sort of four hundred million is is going to be kind of like that that slow stop uh, close to 10 years. Um, and we are really excited to make it that far. <laughs> and that's what we're excited for right now. And that's also really important for us too, to know, because I think what happens is when a lot of uh, these protocols come up with their tokenizations and how they're going to run their, their economics, uh, they, they want to make a perpetual economic plan and, Currently, as it stands right now in the crypto space, um, a, a permanent plan isn't terribly viable because our landscape changes so, so much. Um, so this 10-year plan that we have right now is is good for what we want. But like any good protocol should do is review it after review it every once in a while because things change so often. So uh, please uh, be aware that this is not something that will be you know, held in perpetuity. We will be reviewing this every so often. Okay, awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, thanks for asking those questions. Um, I feel like a lot of other people were probably asking them, wondering the same thing. Um, if anyone has any other questions, uh, feel free to come up or we'll probably be approaching the top of the hour in about 10 minutes. So if anyone has any last minute questions, feel free to come up and we'll answer them as best as we can to our, to our abilities. If you are wondering what we are and who we are, um, we're Jackal, we're, we're a centralized, uh, central, whoo, that was, that was, that was, <laughs> that, was that was real close. Uh, we're a decentralized storage protocol. So we're a peer-to-peer -peer network um, and it's the only decentralized storage protocol where the end users with their private keys are the only people that can access, share, and manage their data. So there's no centralized choke points of failure, completely permissionless. And it has, we love, love to believe in, and we truly believe that it has the highest digital privacy and cybersecurity posture available on the market. So that's kind of what we're building. We're trying to bring speed, utility, and most importantly, security and privacy to storage. And we think that our end users should own their own data because that is super important. 
um, as we continue to go into more and more user interfaces with the internet. Uh, some people are looking at uh, these metaverse goggles. That's a lot of data that's collected on end users. People like to start to talk about things like Neuralink and, and brain interfaces. If we're going to be interfacing that much into the internet, we believe that we should have a really high security posture around your data. And that is super important to us. And we think that you should own that stuff. And it's personal SSD in the cloud. So um, if anyone has any other questions, feel free to come on up as we continue to build out this infrastructure and protocol. Um, other than that, if no one has any other questions, we'll probably cap it pretty soon. Um, if any of the guys up here have anything to say, I know Emery is just unmuted, so I'll let you go, dude. I'm going to say I uh, see a good friend of mine in the audience. Uh, thanks for attending Toot. I see you in there. If you want to say anything or have any questions, let me know. But thanks for coming out. We really appreciate it. 100%. Uh, thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, if that's going to be the last question, we'll probably cap it right here. Um, thanks for coming, everyone. I really appreciate it. And we're excited to have you along the ride as we continue to build this thing. Um, and don't forget, we'll be here next week. Yes, we're going to be here every week, same time. We might change the times to kind of get the other people on the other um, time zones, but uh, stay glued to our Twitter, also Discord. Um, we usually do Mondays. Every Monday, we're going to do an AMA and kind of connect with the community. If you guys have any questions, feel free. Write them down during the week and feel free to come on and ask them next week. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Jackal AMA and Beta Ch <laughs> I can't say it. This is like the third time I've tried it. Uh, the Jackal AMA and Beta Chat, recorded on Monday, July 11th, 2022. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Uh, for TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a Little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday. So, you know, I ain't stressing that debate and great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. Pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies per play. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Aw shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence like we forgot how to choose That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music
Spaces.